Welcome to the Gabria Podcast. I'm your host today, Jessica Pranjic, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brandon Smith, and our guest for today, Chris Tepfer with Primtech LLC. But today, Chris is going to talk to us about a three-year-old up-and-coming organization, the Baton Rouge Industrial Group, also known as BRIG. But as always, before we begin, we need to recognize our 2021 annual sponsors for Gabria, Alliance Safety Council, Eastman Chemical, Great River Industries, MMR, Performance Contractors, and Triad Electric and Controls. Chris, I think the best place for us to start is for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us some of your background. So I've uh, been in the sales world, retail, commercial, industrial for the last 30 plus years. Got into doing software when I was working as a plumbing buyer for Stein Lumber, and we put services together uh, with an online in-house program, and that got me uh, with custom software. And I met at that particular point 13 years ago, the gent I'm working for today, Scott Dufresne. And when I was working uh, in the industrial contracting world, I did a lot of online marketing for them that uh, my owner really liked. And I was doing it with uh, my friends at Primtech. And when they had a sales opening, I jumped on board over there and got to pursue my uh, interest in information management as well as uh, keep up with things in the industrial world. So now can you tell us what Brig is and why Brig is and what's your involvement there? So Brig is an organization, it's, there are five chapters of Gulf Coast Industrial Networks and Brig is one of the five, uh, Corpus Christi, Beaumont, Lake Charles, Baton Rouge, in Houston. Gold Coast Industrial Network was started 12 years ago by Travis Woods in Lake Charles with a group of guys around the Cracker Barrel, and they just were sharing leads and talking about what jobs were going on in plants, and that grew, and uh, he brought it to Baton Rouge via Macon Graves about three years ago, and uh, we were meeting downtown with about 30 people and have progressed it to about 160 at our last meeting uh, last month at the uh, St. Gabriel Community Center. So Chris, if you're on LinkedIn and you're not seeing all the things that Briggs doing, I, I don't know what you're looking at, right? Because every time I, I hop on there, it seems like either your group or other groups are just, I mean, they're just everywhere. There's a lot of energy behind the group. I'm sure, you know, post-COVID people are really looking you know, forward to getting out and seeing people again. I'm sure that has a part to play, but I mean, even pre-COVID, it just seems like there has been a lot of uh, groundswell towards an organization like this. LinkedIn has proven to be a newsletter that's an easy medium uh, to get out there and reach a wide variety of audience, particularly with a group that's reaching Gulf Coast wide, like uh, the industrial groups are. And Brig has benefited from that and gotten uh, a lot of good interest off of LinkedIn. We have other organizations like Extreme Safety Professionals that's having an event coming up and we promote their events, they promote ours. You know, Cabrilla has been good to us, Alliance Safety Council. A lot of these folks are all happy to participate in what we're doing because it's all about bringing industry together. I mean, to that point, you know, this type of a group with that kind of energy has already proven to be, you know, a very useful, uh, I hate to say tool, because I, I know that's not, you know, we're not trying to, you know, use anybody <laughs> within the group, but... But, you know, every, at the end of the day, we're all in this industry together, right? And we all want to see it grow and prosper and be able to feed our families and, 
and have a great community and, and have work. And so to, to see that the passion is not just about, you know, getting leads and, and being a, in the networking, it's like it's going past that even to supporting industry in a multitude of ways, right? Yeah, I'd like to jump in real quick and add to that, that at one of our board of directors meetings, one of our board of directors is Tim Harris with Eastman Chemical, and he brought it up, how helpful this group was to him at one of his public meetings where they had to have an application approved. And so, yeah, absolutely, your the work that you're doing is felt beyond just the networking. Getting folks to these public hearings is a big issue that's not totally been addressed as kind of a new issue for the industrial world. And, you know, what we're really trying to do is say, hey, look, we're living a healthy, happy industrial living is what we're trying to make. We want to leave that legacy of a healthy, happy industrial life where people are involved in their community. You know, I went down to a meeting in St. James one time. Well, you're from Ascension, Paris. I said, well, guess what? We play ball with all those kids and we live in those communities and all these things that these folks were uh, asking Tim Harris about on that particular application, they were from a bunch of people that were not from this area. I live within 30 miles of his plant, so I want clean air, and probably Tim Harris wants it more than I do because he's there every day. And that's a message that's not really gotten out because they're, the other side is way more organized at, at these grassroots levels, and uh, I think that Brig is kind of in the middle between grassroots and the upper level of it, and they have a lot of interest. There was a lot of interest to uh, support these type of public hearings. We did with Gabria back a few months ago, just kind of a, an exploration group to say, hey, who would be interested in doing this, this Minuteman concept of, hey, we need for you to show up at these meetings because they call them within a two or three or four hour time frame. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's part of the struggle. And letter writing campaigns. You know, we had we had we were asked a couple times to about letter writing campaign. FERC in uh, Calcasieu and go to the uh, EPA meeting and to send some letters of support to the Corps of Engineers. We were able to do that. And people are happy to go and get involved with that because they understand that supporting this plants. You know, those are the seven people that are in Brig that are supported economically by. It. They can go to ball games with their kids because they have a good job and they're supporting their churches. They're supporting their community organizations. They're supporting the fundraisers that are raising for some cancer victim that has unbelievable bills. That's what industry is helping to support. And that message is, is lost and drowned out by voices that are not from here. So how do we, how do we educate our state on this? Because those out-of-state folks who are talking or speaking against our industry, they're so loud. And so convincing with stuff that's just factually not true sometimes. So how do, how do we, you know, sitting here with all of the knowledge and the data and the facts, how do we combat that? People make value. People to people contact is where it is. Brandon talked about Brig growing. Why? Because people are attracted to other like-minded people. Mm-hmm. You know, today we live in a polarized political world, but personally I think the vast majority of people are not that political, but they're driven to that divisiveness. All we want to do is live and be happy and get along with our families. You can go to any school anywhere and have kids that got it all together and kids that have this or disadvantage. And there's always people that need a helping hand. Everybody wants to help their communities flourish. We want a good place where everybody gets along. So you go to hurricane relief. You know, nobody sees any 
socioeconomic anything in hurricane relief. It's all, my house got demolished. You need some help. I need to dig you out. Boom, let's go do it and take care Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Is Brig doing some hurricane relief efforts? Well, we, we started last year with, uh, we called it Feed the Need. We did it twice in Calcasieu Parish. The first one we did, uh, we fed about 3,000 people. The next time we fed about 8,000 people. We had a local church on the ground. Their sanctuary was wiped out down to the slab. And we fed uh, 8,000 people. One of the guys that was supported was about 10 cook teams from industry. It was very well done. Uh, Bengal ramrodded it. And they had all these cook teams and just the, the people, the cars were in it. And one of the guys said, I was going to go buy breakfast, like at McDonald's or something. He goes, then it dawned on me, there was no McDonald's to buy breakfast from. So here, all these people serving, and people happy. These people that are serving in line from this church, half of those people had their houses wiped out. So then, boom, a year later, we come back. We uh, we did the same thing in Raceland. We served about 1,200 plates one Saturday. We went to Hammond on a Friday, did another 1,000 plates. Uh, Golden Meadow, uh, Lafitte. You know, Lafitte's a little fishing community got wiped out. And one of the guys in our brig meeting, actually at the last meeting, we were talking about hurricane stuff that people were doing. And he goes, hey, I'm going to Lafitte. And they put a team together right then and there from it and went down there and had a really good outpour and were able to help people out. Uh, you know, when the linemen weren't able to come and work and Gulf Coast Office uh, Occupational Medicine was able to put together a laundry facility and house some of these workers where they couldn't do it. You know, they were taking showers and churches and things like that. And all these people were stepping up, all that had an interest in Brig because of the networking aspect of people knowing somebody to ask somebody else to help and come through for the community. That's the community spirit that can be done with a boots on the ground effort. So let's talk a bit about the networking aspect, because that seems to be sort of the theme of Brig. With COVID taking over in 2020, obviously networking has had to change. It's had to shift. We can't have these large in-person gatherings where we would typically traditionally have our networking. Uh, so how are you guys handling that? What's your strategy? So it's trying to embrace technology. You know, we went and did a lot of uh, virtual meetings, uh, virtual introductions, and teaching people how to do that. So uh, typically, particularly when we're more locked down, we did a lot of uh, virtual meetings, and it would be virtual networking going on. And then you would see this person is asking about something that person said they could do it. Then you could do an email introduction. Hello, Tom. This is Bill. And you need to meet Sam because he could put together this project for you that you were looking for. And so it's just connecting the dots because everybody knows somebody that can help them out. But they're always missing that one piece that they need help on and they're putting the word out. There again, it comes back to doing things like LinkedIn or email mm -hmm. blasts to and gathering of folks together and, and letting each other know of different uh, networking opportunities. Do you feel that's been successful or, you know, were people able to jump on that rather quickly? Was there some adjustment time that needed to be taken into account or were people pretty, pretty quick to adapt? I think a lot of people embraced the virtual meetings uh, pretty quickly. Uh, the people that knew virtual protocol, how to participate in one, uh, you know, looking into the camera and letting people yeah. see your face and participating versus never having your camera on, it kind of defeats the purpose of the mm -hmm. virtual meeting. And so people that understand how to do business that way were succeeding. And the people that were less fluid with it were not having as much success. Have you noticed any any virtual meeting burnout lately? We're, we're hearing some of that on our end. I, I think people are uh, 
they do it for a while and it has value and it has diminishing value. If you're bringing value to that and if you're connecting people and transmitting information that people want, you can have the same three people meet weekly. And if they're transmitting good information, then it works. But it's a time saver. We were doing meetings with people and uh, I had somebody from England come to one of my meetings. So, you know, we were doing multiple continents. It's a bit of a drive otherwise. A swim, actually. Yeah, a swim and a drive. So, you know, you're able to do things like that. So it's part of the landscape now and people need to embrace it to learn how to use it, particularly with with Brig being part of the, the Gulf Coast Industrial Network. We do a lot of business in Texas. I mean, most of, most of the companies, big contracting companies based in Baton Rouge are doing a ton of work in Texas. So, you know, there's a natural thing that goes on where people are trying to get connected with folks in a larger and more of a Gulf or national level. We're going to pause for a moment to give recognition to one of our annual platinum sponsors, Great River Industries. Great River Industries provides quality manufacturing, construction, and maintenance services in the Gulf Coast region, Texas, and across the United States. They provide a single source for their customer who can be sure that they view every job from all vantage points to ensure the best value. Great River Industries is a fully integrated and qualified field construction company capable of building API 650 storage tanks, restoring tanks to API 653, specialty plant maintenance, ASME API code shop built tanks and vessels, ASME pipe fabrication installation, and 24-hour emergency maintenance. Utilizing their experience and knowledge of ASME, API, and AWWA standards, engineering expertise, and innovative construction techniques, Great River Industries make sure that your project is completed on time and within budget according to the highest safety standards. So we talked about some of the projects that you've helped industry with in terms of voicing support. You mentioned the Commonwealth LNG support. You attended an EPA community meeting at St. Gabriel and helped with the Corps of Engineers Sunshine Project email campaign. What are some of the latest projects or are there any projects in the works that you're catching wind of that you're preparing some sort of campaign to help support? So that's generally we're we're asked to help by that because the big thing in communication in these sensitive events is you know, we're not there to stir the pot. We're there to be professional. Mm-hmm. We're there to do things that help the situation, which is have a positive outcome. So you want to have all your information. Sometimes I can have the best intentions and think I'm helping somebody get an ITEP issue. And what I did was they were almost there. I didn't know it. And I just derailed their trade. And so you really want to be more coordinated with them. And the way that you do that, and, and I've had a couple of the plants who are open to this idea, is mixing the brig boots on the ground members with the folks inside the gate that are talking yeah. about these common issues where you're mixing these two parties a little more fully because people are looking to get access to the plants and the plants need access to new things too because they're not as readily available. It used to be you had your one, two, three suppliers, and now there's so much disruption in the supply chain, they're having to look further down to be able to do their turnarounds and their capital projects moving forward. What can we do to get more of our regular community members involved in helping support the industry in our area? 
I think people understand innately that when you bring uh, like the Sunshine Project, for instance, $7.4 billion to uh, St. James Parish. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a friend of mine that was a controller that retired a couple of years ago. And he goes, we need that revenue. When they lost the uh, convent refinery, that affected their tax, tax base rather greatly. Well, guess what? If I work at the bakery in St. James Parish, my kids are affected by that, and I'm affected by that because those dollars need to be made up somewhere. They're either going to be lost goods and services or, or increase in taxes. So people, I think, understand the value that it brings to them. Who's going to sponsor the Little League teams if it's not that yeah. industrial contractor that is making a living at the plants? And so to support that, these people need to, to talk to their local officials. It's all done at the local level. You got to go talk to the, the the police jury and the parish council and the city council. All those places are where things are where the rubber meets the road and showing them that you're involved with it and you want to support this. You want good things for your community and they are a, a good neighbor. I think if the average person on the street says, we wouldn't have gotten this done if it wouldn't because Exxon or Dow or Shintech put some money up towards our project. And they don't sit there and ballyhoo that and make sure everybody knows about it. It's quietly done yeah. because somebody that works in that community knows where the charitable donations are for these plants. And they direct that money to the worthy causes, but it doesn't make any kind of news and people forget that. And that's where they're really helping the community. And, and so people need to speak up and talk about the average person says, we like having a vibrant economy in our midst. We like having roads being done. We like that the gas station has plenty of people pumping gas and buying things in the convenience store and going to our grocery stores and buying from our local vendors. Shopping local is a big thing. Using Mm -hmm. local vendors is a big thing with all of these plants. I think we take for granted the impact that the industry has. I mean, you can go stop into a a restaurant at lunchtime, especially at I saw it on the West Bank uh, where uh, everybody in the restaurant uh, just about was wearing a Westlake shirt or, or it was a contractor uh, with their company logo on their shirt. And, you know, so, so much of our economy is really rooted in industry and we've just seemingly lost sight of that fact. So if uh, your daughter is about to marry a feller and he says he works at a plant, you're probably going to be okay with that because that means he's financially stable. If yep. your community is financially stable, then everybody's going to be happy about that. If my son marries a lady that's working in a plant and he's not, then she's going to be financially stable. And I know that they're going to have a good household and be able to you know, raise a family with having all their needs met. And I think people lose sight of that, how important that is, even if it's one person in a, in a 20-unit family, member family. Those people are impacting in a whole lot of ways, the ability to better that community and give a higher quality of life. But it's not something that we talk about a lot. I think we have to say we're living in an age where if we don't speak up about what our needs are, then the people that are speaking up are going to be heard. A lot of times it's, it's people coming from the outside. Uh, I went to this EPA event. There was about three organizations behind the industrial aspect of it and five that I could discern from the others. And all those guys, when I looked them up and did the homework on them, they were all New Orleans and D.C. based, and they all had budgets, and they all had multiple people 
that, that they were that they had much more people. Whereas if I looked at the other side, they're much leaner organizations whose focus is not on that political aspect of it. So when we bring it back down to the average Louisiana citizen, they need to get involved, and but industry needs to give them the message of this is what you need to be concerned about, and that's something that I think is is lost. Where you get more with boots on the ground, networking, people to people, when you go out with your ball teams and things like that. So you've pumped me up now. I want to jump in the brig, so to speak, and and help out the community. What do I, what can I do? How do I find out how to get more involved with brig? How to join these networking events that you host? So Brig is just the opportunity to bring people together on a monthly basis. So, you know, we have a website, Baton Rouge Industrial Group. We have an application, Industrial Resource Portal. There's a subscription service that can list companies on it. So you can go in and look it up. We also post uh, events. It's anybody that downloads the mobile app can put for a golf tournament and anything that's an industrial event. You can actually take them to their site and register right then and there. So we're, we're doing things that are bringing people together. Bringing industry together is how we make things happen to build our community and have a happy, prosperous life for the folks that work within the industry and outside of industry. BatonRougeIndustrialGroup.com. And uh, Mobile Herb you can find on Android or uh, Apple at uh, IRP Mobile, M-O-B-I-L-E. Well, I guess the other piece there is look you guys up on LinkedIn. Baton Rouge Industrial Group on LinkedIn. A lot of information and you can see what we've done and, and where we've come. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Yeah, really enjoyed talking with you and I hope that we'll see you around a lot more often and that we'll get a lot more support for a rig and in turn supporting the industry. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Y'all have a great day. <laughs>